Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We are following a long-standing tradition at White's Chapel that I love. We like during September to take a very familiar, beloved passage of Scripture, one that we know, one that we've probably studied and heard our whole lives, and dive deep into it to try to find some new insights. And so this year we're looking at the story of the prodigal son. We began two weeks ago by looking at the younger brother, the prodigal. Last week we talked about the elder brother, and today we're talking about the father. And in this great account, Jesus gives us a picture of who God is. In fact, it's really interesting. People have different God images. And where we begin with a God image determines a lot about our journey of faith. Some people have this image of God, that God is a creator. He created the heavens and the earth, but he is just out there somewhere in the universe as a disinterested spectator, just kind of looking down, but is not active in the affairs of human beings. There's another image of God, that God is in the heavens judging us angry. He is mad because we have not followed his law. He looks down with displeasure um, at his children. But Jesus gives us a really different picture. Jesus said God is a loving father who runs to greet his children whose greatest delight is to have a relationship with us. And we need to learn that lesson about the nature of this loving God to know that we are his children. So let's dive back into this story to introduce our scripture lesson for today. Remember, there's a father who had two sons, and they, they work in the family business. Father has probably a strong personality. The older son has a strong personality like his dad. The younger son is thinking, okay, even when my dad retires, my older brother is going to take over. I'm tired of being in their shadow. So he wants to go live life on his own, ter- own terms. So he has the audacity to ask his father, can I have my share of the inheritance? His dad agrees, and he sets off to live life on his own terms. And so he heads to that faraway land and he, he, he looks for meaning in the wrong places and he blows it. He squanders all of his inheritance. I love what the scripture said. He got caught up in dissolute living or the King James Version says riotous living. Our minds can just play all kind of images of what that's about. But he ends up at the bottom working, feeding pigs, He ends up at the hog trough. And when he's at rock bottom, he starts to think about his life honestly for the first time. And he realized that he had blown it, um, run through his inheritance, his new friends had dumped him, doing the most despicable, despicable, pitiful job that he could imagine. And he realized he had taken his father's love for granted. And so he started dreaming of home, and he hatches this plan. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to beg my father to receive me, not as a son, but as the lowest servant. At least then I'll have something to eat and be treated with some measure of dignity. That's what's in his mind as we pick up our scripture for today. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke 15, verses 20 through 24. Okay, third graders, let's let's find your, get your Bibles out. We're going to find Luke. So go to the New Testament section, and you're going to see Matthew, Mark, Luke. Y'all found it? And when you get to Luke, there's numbers on the chapters. Go to chapter 15, 
And then we're going to look at the little number there that's called a verse 20. Okay, Luke 15, 20 through 24. Let's hear the word of God. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And what's amazing about this passage is to see that that's what God thinks of us. That's how God responds to us. That's how God welcomes us. And as we think about that, I want us to notice three details in this scripture that will just deepen our understanding. One of the things we've used to describe this, and you'll see it all over our campus, is Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal, that famous painting. And last week, we really unpacked it. There are a lot of details there that bring the story to life. But many scholars believe that the key to this painting is to look at the Father's hands. Look at the Father's hands. On one side, you see a masculine hand. On the other, a feminine hand. Look at the masculine hand there on the right. It is strong, leading, protecting, guiding. But look at the feminine hand, loving and including and welcoming and drawing into the heart. We need to understand those are all aspects of God that we claim and we understand. Notice another detail in this story that's really important. When the son comes back, the father doesn't just begrudgingly say, well, this rascally son of mine is back. You better atone for your sins. You better make things right. He doesn't give him a guilt trip. Instead, he welcomes him back into the family as if he had never left. Look at verse 22. This is just a kind of an amazing verse. The father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, <clears throat> excuse me, and sandals on his feet. Robe meant honor. He had the same red robe that the father and the elder brother had, meaning he was returned to honor and prestige in the family. The ring meant authority. It was a signet ring. If you had this ring, meant you had power attorney of attorney. He could conduct business in his father's name. He was restored to his standing and authority in the family and then put shoes, which means you belong to the family. Slaves and servants didn't have shoes. But when he says, put shoes, you belong to the family. You are, are free. And when we read these actions of the Father, when we read verse 22, what we see is this picture of radical grace, unconditional love. This son gets what he did not earn, did not deserve. Yet his Father brings him back to his standing in the eyes of God. And then notice one other thing that was shocking in the ancient world, but if we're honest, it's still shocking to us. And that is verse 20. A father sees this son coming from a distance and he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Jesus is saying God is a God who runs to us, who seeks us, who draws us in, whose concern is ever with us. Heard a wonderful story 
about a pastor who was appointed to a church in a little town in East Texas. And he arrived and he discovered a man in his church named Gentry. Mr. Gentry was, was known for his gardening in that town. Had a green thumb, had beautiful plants, but he had an interesting kind of habit. When he would be in his yard gardening, he would whistle. He would be out in the front yard dealing with the roses, tending to the roses, and he would whistle. Then he'd move over to the side garden and work with the tulips, and he would whistle. Then he would move out back and work with the vegetables, and he would whistle even louder. So after he'd been there a few months, the pastor was in the grocery store, and he was talking about whistling Mr. Gentry. And one of the old-timers said, you know why he whistles like that? The pastor said, I don't have a clue. I don't know why he does. And the local said, his wife is blind. And he thought about it and he got it. Mrs. Gentry was in the house. And when he was out working, his whistle was the saying, I'm out here and I'm over here and I'm out back. If you need anything, call and I will hear you. Call and I will run to you. I'm right here, I will never leave you. And the astounding part of this scripture is that Jesus said, that's what God says to us. I'm Todd and he's John. And we're not the father, but we're supposed to be. I'm Todd, he's John. We're not the father, but we're called to be. All of us are. All of us who claim the name of Jesus, we're, we're called to be the father. Jesus says as much on the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, he says, be perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. What Jesus was saying was, just, just do your job. Do that thing that, that you were put on earth to do, to, to serve like him, to love like him, to live like him. I, I'm not the father but I'm supposed to be. And, and in saying that, I, I couldn't help but to remember something that, that happened, goodness, what, like 13 years, at least 13 years ago now. Um, it was whenever Caleb was still in school up here at, at Chapel Hill. And uh, it was about this time of year, it was getting to be Halloween time, but you know, we're, we're a Christian school and so we don't do the whole Halloween thing. Um, instead, the school asked all of the students to come to school dressed as their, their favorite Bible character. And so Ford came home and uh, he, he told Carrie and me, he told us that he wanted to go to school dressed up like God. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I, there was a part of me that was really impressed. I was like, yeah, boy. I mean, like, like aim high, dude. Um, but, but there was another part of me, that, this, this like sinking feeling in my stomach. I, I, just, I just didn't know. I didn't know if it was like borderline idolatry. I didn't know if this was an appropriate thing to do. And so, and so I, I went and I, I asked Pastor John about it. And I love what he said. He said, look, Todd, I think it 
I think nothing thrills God so much as it is whenever one of his kids wants to, wants to be like him. That was good counsel back then. And so Ford put on a white robe and he put on a white beard and with a, a crown of gold on his head, <laughs> he held the whole world in his hands. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it was good counsel back then. And, and it's good, still good counsel today for, for all of us, for, for all we prodigals, for all we, we wasteful vagabonds, for all of us who've let some distance get in between us and God, distance of miles or, or mentality, the distance of our sin, or maybe it's just our cynicism. It's still good counsel for us, for all we who've, who've always already had everything but but we just didn't know it. We're called to be the father. And there are a couple of things here, there are a couple of things I really don't want us to miss. Um, two lessons. Two lessons on how to live, two lessons on how to love like that. And the first lesson is this. It's that the, the father meets us where we are. While the prodigal was still a long ways off the father's season. And the father runs to him, and in my mind's eye, that was the moment. That was the moment the father had been waiting for ever since that first day when his son left home. That was the moment. Every day he's out there on his porch, and he's scanning the horizon. Every moment, every morning, he's out there, and he's hoping, hoping against hope that that was going to be the day. And then just as soon, just as soon as he saw his son's silhouette coming down the road, just as soon... Just as he soon as he, he recognized his son's loping gait, he, as soon as he recognized the way that his, his son walked, that father, he, he, he hiked up his robes and he took out, he ran out there across that field. He didn't care, he didn't care how undignified he looked. His boy was back. His boy had come home and, and his son, for his part, he, he, didn't even get, he didn't even get to finish that long rehearsed I'm sorry speech he had running through his head. Because the Father's love and the Father's mercy and the Father's grace and the Father's forgiveness, it preempted all of it. And if you and me, if we want to really live into our calling, if we really want to grow to, to be like the Father, if we want to be those sorts of Christians, who would want to be those sorts of Christians that introduce this community and introduce this world to that sort of God, to this sort of God that, that maybe people have never actually experienced before? It means that we're going to have to learn to meet people where they're at too. And the mire and muck and messiness of life. And their agony. And their anxiety and their anger and their brokenness, to be agents, agents of, of hope, to be agents of healing, agents of forgiveness. Because I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you saw it here, or maybe you didn't see it here because it's literally not here. There was no guilt there in that moment. And there was no shame. The father didn't say, the father didn't say, uh-huh, uh-huh, I told you so. The father didn't even say, hey, why don't you go get yourself all cleaned up and then, then we'll talk. No, 
His boy had come home. That's, that's all he wanted. His, his son had returned. That's all he needed. That was the only proof he needed. And the forgiveness, the forgiveness just flowed. And a lot of us have a hard time believing that. A lot of us have a hard time trusting that, that that's true because that's not the God that we grew up with. I know that a lot of us grew up with that God, that angry God that Pastor John was just talking about, that fiery-eyed God that was just waiting for us to step out of line so that he could zap us. But maybe, maybe our fear wasn't so much that. Maybe we weren't so afraid that, that God was just waiting to wallop us with all of his bad stuff. I really think that our greatest fear was the fact that, that God was just waiting, that, that God was going to withhold from us his good stuff. Last week I was online, I was reading through some of those, those funny parenting posts, and there was this mother who had this post on there that it just made me double over laughing. Here, this is what she said. Um, she said, my kid was being a brat, so I demarshmallowed his lucky charms. <laughs> First of all, that's brilliant, right? Well, I mean, that's like advanced motherhood right there. Um, but. But it's also the picture of withholding the good stuff. And that's not the type of God, that's not the type of father we serve. God wants to love us. God wants to forgive us. We just, we just gotta give him the chance. We, we just gotta return. And yeah, it's, it's hard to understand, but, but it's even harder to do. It's hard to do. We, becoming the father because if truth be told, you know, we, we kind of we want people to suffer. We kind of want people to suffer just a little bit, right? We want them to come and we want them to beg for our forgiveness. We want them to, want them to come and to admit that, that they were wrong and that they just feel terrible about whatever it is that they've done. But if you and I, if we're going to grow into the likeness of the father, one of the lessons, one of the, the most important lessons that we're going to have to learn, if we're going to step into those shoes, so sometimes we're going to have to use those shoes to take the first step. Take the first step towards reconciling, the first step towards forgiveness. Remember, the Father pursues us so that we, in turn, might pursue Him. And all week I've been thinking about my dad. All week I've been thinking about my relationship with, with my father. And, and just like all father-son relationships, we've... We've had our ups and we've had our downs. Um, my dad was the type of man, he was one of those, those, those strong, silent types. He is one of those strong, silent types. One of those types of guys that woke up early and, and worked late. One of those types of guys that, that kind of had a problem expressing himself, especially back then. One of those types that, that had trouble connecting with his 17-year-old son because his 17-year-old son, obviously back then, already knew it all, right? Um, I'm thinking about my dad and the one thing that he didn't know, the one thing that I had hidden from him, the thing that I'd, I'd hidden from everyone was my depression, my... Um, my deep, dark fear of, of being alone and, and all the really dumb things that, that I had done to try to make up for it. My dad, my dad didn't know how I was struggling you know, because ours was a, ours was a polite but, but distant relationship. 
But there was this moment. There was this moment. I, I've shared it with, with several of y'all throughout the course of the years. There was this moment I remember like yesterday. I'd just come in from a trip that I'd been on with my youth group, and, and I just bottomed out. It was the darkest, lowest, scariest moment of my life. And I was seriously, I was seriously considering running away. I was, I was seriously considering ending my life. And, and there was a knock, there was a, a knock on my bedroom door, and, and it was my dad. And, and he came in, and we sat together silently on my bed, and then finally I just broke down, and, and, and through my tears, I told him everything that was going on. I told him everything that I was feeling. I told him everything that, that I was thinking, and, and my dad just held me. He held me. In silence, he, he held me, and I, I, can't, I, I can't remember my father ever holding me like that before. So strong, so safe, so close. He held me in silence. And then whenever he finally spoke, he, he told me that he didn't understand. He told me that he didn't understand what I was feeling. He didn't understand what I was thinking. He didn't understand. But he told me that I was not alone. And, and even though his words couldn't understand, his presence did and it spoke louder than anything else ever could because he met me where I was, as I was. The Father meets us where we are and he reminds us who we are. Those shoes, that robe, that ring, they were just outward, they were these, these outward visible symbols of an inward spiritual truth, this, this transformation. It's this truth that, that all of our sins, all, all of our brokenness, all of that stuff that the devil wants to remind us of, it doesn't get to define us. In faith, it does not get to tell us who we are, not, not unless we want it to. Because right? there's this, this beautiful promise in Scripture, this truth, this promise about redemption. It's all throughout Scripture. That tells us that God takes, that God can take our, our failures, that God can take our mistakes, and in, in return, God can take it and, and give us something beautiful back. That God takes our every brokenness, our every failure, our every flaw. That God can take it and, and He reorders it, and He changes it, and He refines it, and He reframes it, He redefines it, He repurposes it. So that nothing is, nothing is ever wasted. It's like, it's like God is this master artist who takes our trash and then returns for it treasures. I mean, can you just imagine? Please try, try to imagine with me. Can you just imagine what the rest of that young prodigal's life was like? Can you imagine, can you imagine how that young prodigal for the rest of his life, can you imagine how much he loved his dad? Can you imagine how much he trusted his dad? Can, can you imagine how much he wanted to grow up and be just like his dad? And that's my prayer. 
That's my prayer for each and every one of us, that we would have that sort of experience, that we would have that sort of desire, that we would all want to grow up to be just like our dad. That we would want to grow up to be just like the father. I mean, that's, that's my prayer for y'all. Third graders, that's, that's my earnest hope. That on every single of that Bible, every single page of that Bible you just got, that you will experience that sort of love, that endlessly beautiful, that endlessly welcoming love of God. I, I want that to be what defines you. I, I want that to be the, the thing that, that tells you who you are. And I want it for your parents too, and I want it for your brothers and sisters too, and I want it for all of us too. I want us to experience that. So that whenever this, this world calls us broken, we, we would hear the Father call us beloved. I want that for us. So that whenever this world calls us worthless, we would hear the Father call us worthwhile. And I want it for us. So whenever this world calls us hopeless and helpless, we would hear the Father call us His. His sons, His daughters. His prodigals, his prodigals coming home to stay. As we pray. Our God, this morning above all of the racket, above all the noise of this life, God, above the, the noise of all the lies that, that we've bought into, God, we hear you whistling for us. We hear you telling us that you are near, that we're not alone. So God, we pray that you would come and that you would make that reality so palpably real, God, that it would, that it would be so, so tangibly real that it would actually change our lives. That it would change our relationship. Lord, forgive us, forgive us for, for settling for a relationship that's, that's polite but distant. Forgive us for, for all the lies that we've bought into. Forgive us for running and for staying put because, God, we're tired. We're, we're exhausted. We're done being out in, in the wheat fields all by ourselves. We're, we're done being there at, at the hog troughs. God, we want to come home. We need to know your love. We need to feel your love transforming us from the inside out. So, Lord, send forth your Holy Spirit and meet us where we are. God, and remind us who we are, that we're yours. That you tell us that, that we were worth the effort, that you tell us that we were worth the price of your son. God, confirm that truth in us and draw us ever nearer. For we offer you ourselves as we offer you this prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.